and welcome to the second episode of season two of Around the Outside. Yep. We've been, we've been doing it for quite a bit of time now. Yep. Um, as you may have noticed, it is, we, I've changed the season. It is now officially season two. Um, yeah, it, it feels weird. It's a new new season. Um, obviously, obviously very, very momentous um, for, for, us as round the outside and yeah it's a great great milestone so yeah uh this is episode two of season two of round the outside a lot of twos um there's one main topic for this podcast today um thank you for listening uh so far thank you so much for being here and devoting your time i'm so glad you're here um there's gonna be one real main talk about this um for this podcast today and that will be um, the first test between England and New Zealand. I'm going to be going step by step, analysing each and every one of that incredible test match at Lords. Test match trickers is back in England, ladies and gentlemen, and it's back better than ever. So, without further ado, let's get into it. Um, another thing you might have noticed about my podcast is that there are now ads um, that will be starting the podcasts. So I'd love to have some feedback about if I can have, if I have one or two ads, um, but I will definitely be including ads at the start of my podcast now. Um, I'm, so, I'm sorry about if that it annoys you, but please you it's I I on Anchor it gives you like an like a feature where after 50 listeners you can have ads in your podcast. So I'll be from now on uh, around the outside we'll be having ads. Um, as a daily part of the podcast, which means, unfortunately, I cannot add music if there is an ad. So I'll try and rotate. I'll see what I can do with it um, because I know how much you guys love music in my podcast. Um, anyway, let's get into it. What a test match that was. Um, it was in England New Zealand. There's not a lot always between these two sides. Um, obviously, rem- remembering Shane Warne, which was... This was the best way to do it. It was an incredible way to honour Shane Warne, who, if he'd seen this, he would have been incredibly proud. And I watched a Sky Sports documentary um, about Shane Warne called Bold Shane. Uh, I very much recommend you go watch it. Uh, it's all about Shane Warne's life, Shane Warne's career. And um, it was just inspiring. He had like this sort of effect an X factor to change the game a little bit like you know, nowadays, you know, you got your holders, your like Joe Root maybe, um, but Jadeja, Coley, like all these guys. But Shane Warne was a different breed. He is the greatest leg spinner to ever live and ever play this game. So it was the best way to honour him. And I, I'm so glad because he, he, as much as he sledged England, um, I'm incredibly happy that he got to be honoured in the right way. So, um, the cricket itself was incredible. Um, starting on the first day, England's new era, new coach, new captain, one new player. Um, so, not a lot of changes in the lineup, but there was a lot of change in the way we bowled. A lot of change in how we went about our business, a very much more positive brand of cricket, which is what McCullum promised to bring. Um, it started, he's dealing with seven for three. 
um, Jimmy and Brawley back opening the bowling, doing what they do best, swinging the new ball, uh, which really brought Latham, Young, and Conway very vulnerable. They got it got them playing on the front foot. It got them really fidgety, and it was it, it was incredible to see Broad and Anderson who had been left out. Um, May, ben Stokes did say that they were probably our best two bowlers, so bring them back in. Um, I've all of the talk saying, oh, they they were brought back in because, oh, they were brought back in, maybe because you know there were there were too many injuries to the other fast bowlers. They definitely won. They were brought back in because they were the two best bowlers that we have, and Ben Stokes wanted them back in, and that's exactly what happened. Anderson got four, Broad got one, but the star of the show was Matthew Potts. Wow, what a test debut. Um, getting Kane Williamson in your first over. Ben Stokes, ben Stokes is a man who rarely lies. So um, he must have seen something amazing in Manny Potts um, to really like se- to select him for the England, for the this series. There must have been a lot of talk with Keezy as well because... I wonder if Keezy would have been convinced by that. It's not a Kent player, Keezy. It's not a Kent player. Um, <laughs> um, but he bowled brilliantly. He got the wickets of Williamson, who nicked off to Folks. Uh, Mitchell dragged on. Uh, Blundell also got dragged on. And I think he also got... No, Anderson got hit. Who got... Who did Potts get? Foster Potts get. I think he got, like, Saudi or something. No, he... No, no. He got Ajaz Patel. He got Ajaz Patel, LBW. Um, but overall, England. another thing to note is that England's catching, it's been a little bit rough over the last two or three years. But it's, I'm not going to say it was back, but it's improved. It's improved. It's definitely improved. Um, they were much sharper in the slips. Um, they took pretty much everything they got to them, as were New Zealand. New Zealand were also very sharp uh, as the game went on. Bairstow as well, taking three catches. He was amazing. Amazing in the field. So, New Zealand at lunch, 37 for six. You probably think they'll be bowled out for around 50, will knock them off. But they won. Typical England, went the England way, letting New Ze- the New Zealand lower order getting f- get four for 95 um, with a little cameo from the Grandome, cameo from Saudi. Um, but they went for it. They went for it. They really did. Get- Propelling them to 132 all out, which in the end, considering they were 45 for seven, they'll take that. They will take that New Zealand, and they will even more take that after the most heck after England did what England do best: collapse. Probably one of the most hectic afternoon sessions happened. Um, England were cruising 93 80 for two. Zach Crawley was going about his business. The test match was in the bin. Somehow England managed to absolutely bottle it and do what they did best you guessed it another batting collapse a batting collapse of five wickets for eight runs to be precise um first it was crawley lindley's and pope root stokes Besto, um and then they all went they all went tumbling like dominoes and yeah it left them 141 all out from a pretty easy position where they probably should have got, probably you could say, if I'm being harsh, around 300. I think they probably should have got around 300. 
um, on the start, start they got and all the batting firepower if they had performed. And if they got 300, this game would be would have been done. It would have been done easily. Um, and then New Zealand took that uh, batting misfortune, not misfortune, batting havoc and just poor batting from England to their advantage. They really took it, England by the scruff of their neck. Whatever England tried, they just didn't. They just didn't succeed. And despite getting a pretty good start, Mitchell and Blundell joined and joined together. And after they joined forces, it was just an uphill climb for England. They couldn't really find a way through their defenses. Mitchell was too good, scoring his second Test match hundred. Um, and Tom Blundell was also very good. Very unlucky to miss out on a hundred. Speaking of that, speaking of them. They were both denied centuries and both denied pushing on by Stuart Broad. Oh my gosh, what a spell that was. The 80, 84th over, I think, of the game, of um, New Zealand's in- innings. Stuart Broad comes on to bowl. He starts with two darts. And then, yet another twist. <laughs> yet another twist in the story. Even more havoc and even more chaos gets on. As Daryl Mitchell nicks off to a beauty from Stuart Broad to Ben Folks, and that starts a team hat trick. Yes, a team hat trick. When do you see that? It, it could have been a hat trick if Dugrano was going to now LBW the next ball, but then Pope was incredibly quick thinking, threw the ball right at the, at the stumps of the last minute when nobody else thought of that. In the end, it ran out Colin Dugrano. And then to complete the team hat-trick, Broad bought an absolute jaffer to Kyle Jameson, which ended the team hat-trick. And then New Zealand will bowl out for 285, I think it was, 285. And then New Zealand, England was set 277 to win. The deja vu about this is that they were also set around 277 to win in the fifth test at, in Hobart in the Ashes. Well, they collapsed. So, the main thing was getting a good start, just nicking away, getting used. It was a flat wicket, still a batting day. Just get in. But Alex Lees did that. Unfortunately, he left one that was swinging back in from Carl Jameson and took out his off stump. Um, that led to yet another England collapse. Zach Crawley... Nicking off to yet another, you guessed it, Carl Jameson again. With a ball he couldn't really do much about. Uh, that went straight to Daryl Mitchell. Then Ollie Pope got got taken out of his. Ollie Pope just got t- absolutely taken out. Um, Ollie, and then yeah, Pope got ta- got an absolute seed from Trent Bolt, which came back in, which he didn't expect. So his Test match at number three ended not very well. That. Then brought Johnny Bairstead to the crease, who displayed some pretty good shots um, all around the ground. But unfortunately, after a little bit of a verbal battle with Kyle Jameson, he lost that um, as Jameson took his wicket with yet another bold, um, which is too common of Johnny Bairstead these days, um, just taking out um, that off and middle stump, which then left England 69 for four. And then in step Ben Stokes as England's new captain and his team needing him to bring out quite the performance to keep them in the game. Um, he looked to be gone, 
when Colin de Grondo was brought, was brought on, he came down the wicket, under Regwan trying to cut it away, and it went onto a stump. However, the worst sign came up as Colin de Grondo he already had a pretty bad test match. Um, that continued as it was a dreaded no ball. Oh, that would have cost them. That cost them. That really cost them. As uh, Ben Stokes added on another fifty-four, um, but then he was ta- he was out. He was taken by an absolute seed from Carl Jameson. He got out trying just just trying to ramp it, just trying to uppercut it. Uh, it was one of the T Twenty One Day shots you see. Um, looking on that dismissal, he could have been a little patient. He could have maybe been a little bit more safer with a shot selection. But it's Ben Stokes. I totally understand that he would have wanted to do that. And in the end, I don't mind because we had folks come and he did what he needed to do. Joe Root was 33. He was an anchor. He was going well. He was set. And Ben Folks stayed with him for the rest of the innings um, and the rest of the chase. Uh, he did his job. He's notched up 33. He, looks much, he looked much more fluent and better at the crease on day four um, where New Zealand were were desperate for that new ball because if I if they got that new ball, I think it would have been a much much different story. Um, they were waiting for one more twist and turn, and unfortunately, that just didn't come. Um, Joe Root in a new era where he's lost the captaincy, a lot of new things. He stayed as Joe Root doing Joe Root things, and he scored yet another hundred, taking past ten thousand test runs. Putting him up with the with the likes of Sachin Tendulkar, Ricky Ponting, Sunil Gavaskar, Yunus Khan, Alistair Cook, Brian Lara, Shivan Chandapal, Alan Border, Jack Callis. Those names are incredible, and he's only thirty-one. So let's say if he goes to about when he was about thirty-seven, six years, I definitely think he'd get about. Maybe not five thousand runs. That's about a thousand runs a year, isn't it? So that would be harder. But definitely, you could definitely look and maybe try to get near that um, Sachin Tendulkar record because that would be amazing. He could definitely pass Alistair Cook. That's for sure. Um, but in the end, Joe pulled it away uh, for four to sec- secure England um, a rare and much needed victory to start the new era under Ben Stokes. And Brandon McCullum. Um, it was new era, new things, but it was the same old Joe Root who has said he's definitely going to help Ben Stokes like Ben Stokes helped him when Root was captain. And yeah, this New England team, it looks much more positive. And I, I'm not going to jinx it, but we look pretty good. We look pretty good. Um, I, I feel much more confident with the side we have now than the side we had a couple months ago at the Ashes and West Indies. So, yeah, it's it's the future is definitely looking bright brighter for English cricket. So, ho- hopefully we can continue this upward curve and upward momentum as we head to Trent Bridge on June 10th. You can watch that on Sky Sports or any, any cricket channel. Uh, it started at 11 o'clock UK time. And I think around six o'clock US Eastern time. So make sure to tune into that because we can definitely expect New Zealand to be a little bit more 
you know, a little bit more stronger. And also they'll have Henry Nichols back. So they'll definitely be stronger with him. In terms of selection for England, they should definitely bring Harry Brookins somehow. Keep Parkinson in because apparently Jack Leach will not play the next test after he suffered a concussion on the first morning. In terms of New Zealand, I'm keeping Darren Mitchell in and I'm taking out Colin DeGrandome. DeGrandome has a pretty poor test match. I think take him out for Nichols and I think they'll look much stronger. Move Blundell down to seven and then Nichols up to five. So that's why we're going to end it for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed season two, episode two of Round the Outside. I'll be signing off now. Goodbye.